You're about to listen to a true story told live because this is True Stories Live. Brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. Please welcome Wesley Barnes. I just have to adjust into this because the last, most of my audiences throughout lockdown have just been Zoom calls of two or three people, and this looks like the most intimidating Zoom call one could ever imagine. And the thing about it is, if I'm just a bit fucked off with it, I can't just say, the signal's really bad, and just cut it off. And if I fart, I can't leave the room, I have to do it on the stage. Well, for those of you who haven't already guessed, I'm not from here, I am Irish. This fact does not stop Barman and Norwich arguing with me over the fact that I'm not Irish, I'm really American, and I am lying to them. (laughs) Usually this results in me, in my saltiest accent, agreeing with them on the fact that Irish people moved to the United States and may have influenced the transatlantic accent. So back in 2015, myself and my girlfriend Eileen moved to Norwich. I was starting my PhD, she was starting her MA. It was a really exciting time. It was a clean slate for us, if you will. And um, Eileen has family in Leeds, so we went up to visit her family in Leeds. I hadn't met that wing of the family yet, so we were staying with a very adorable grandmother Eileen, and I can remember we were driving into Leeds on culture night to see her uncle play some Irish music in a, in a cool venue, and on the way down, her grandmother said, see that park there, Wes? That's where the Yorkshire Ripper took all his victims, as if one might say, that's where the Beatles played their first gig. So as I got kind of a vibe of a city, cool. But we had a great night in Leeds, and the thing about Leeds is that the buses run till about three or four in the morning, which in large terms is like next week of the same night. And um, we had a great night, and um, we were getting the bus on the way home, Sans, the grandmother, of course, who went home at a, a decent time because she's 90 years old and needs 15 hours sleep per day. Night, whatever. But um, basically, we were on the bus, and we got off the bus near the house, and I realised that nature had called... I realised that I'd say this from a place of privilege, but when you're a cis-born white male man, you take the risk when you see advantages at night, etc., to piss. So I ran into what I thought was a factory, and um, it was a bit of a muggy night, but then I found one clean slate and pissed on it. And then as I was leaving the grounds of said factory, I saw that Eileen was laughing at me. And then she pointed to a sign, and it was a twirling sign, like the BBC sign, that said, Leeds Metropolitan Police. (laughs) So if they were to review the CCTV camera, they would have seen the very drunken Irishman stamping and then pissing all over the behind of the Power Institute building. And I thought, oh, isn't that great? I'm in the country, what, a week, and I've already pissed on the police and therefore probably pissed them off. So it rolls over to the next day and we we are visiting Eileen's uncle at his house. Ireland were playing in the rugby. So he's like, I'll stay for dinner, Wes. And he kind of fed me drink. And it was all good and well. And Eileen was driving home to Norwich. So we were driving home later that night and nature called again. And then I I saw a label and it was like, I'm sorry, Eileen, I just really need to relieve myself. So she pulled over and I ran behind an oil tanker to enjoy a moment in private with myself at a lay-by. And midstream, I noticed out of the corner of my eye, well, my entire vision, were these flashing lights and then blue sirens and an alarm 
or like a, a police siren. And I'll just basically make the motion as how, how this happened. So here I am, midstream behind oil tanker. I see the car turn because it was driving in away from me, then it turned back, sirens on, lights up, and I kind of looked like, with, <laughs> with the proverbial dick in my hand. And I was like, they know. So I kind of quickly hike myself up, run back to the car, and I'm sitting in the, sitting in the passenger seat, the scrub that I am, and then the police turn in, and I see two youngish police guys get out, and they seem quite tense, It was kind of hard to read the situation. One of the guys was literally like on his knees, like exhaling, like he was bigging himself up as if they were going to do a raid or something. So I'm like, oh, here we go. And the guy walks up and they go, "Um, so who are you? We need ID straight away. My ID was in the back of the car. And um, I said, oh, my my passport is the only ID I carry. I I was 26 at this time and I, I don't like carrying photo ID on nights out. Hence, Gonzo's, the nightclub, probably has about five years of photographs of me because they take your photograph, if you don't have ID, of me going like this into the camera. <laughs> so I walked around to the back of the car, took out the passport and stuff, got on the side again, and the policeman said, are you known? Where, where are you from? I was like, oh, we're Irish. And he said, oh, yeah, you're known to the police in Ireland. And I went, <coughs> no. And, and then they subsequently phoned the police station that, so they asked, oh, where did you last live in Ireland? And I said it was, it was Fairview in Dublin. And so they, they found, they just Googled the nearest police station, then phoned the police station. So the next thing I hear is some, like, you know, bogger Irish guard going, Clondalkin police station. Clondalkin guards, how can I help you? And the policeman is like, oh, we just have some possible suspects. I'm like, suspects? Like, I mean, how irritated are these people that I just, like, inadvertently pissed on this building? Like, you know, this is something I can explain my way out of, surely. And they come back anyway, and they were like, well, there's no record of you in Ireland being known to the police. And then they kind of go off and have a walk and a chat to themselves. And then they come back, and they go, well, the thing is, there's a lot of oil thefts in this area. And I was like, oh, I c- all right, all right. And I was, at the time, I was dressed in a leather jacket and black pants. So all I would have seen was like some lad behind an oil tanker, like, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> and I initially, I thought in my head, like, like I, I was thinking, oh, <laughs> well, actually, my response was, oh, I can, think, I can see how you thought that. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, like, I can see that. And they were like, it's, it's fine. We realize now that you're probably not stealing oil. And I was like, oh, great, great. And then they were like, there's a lay-by just up the road. Or Sorry, not a lay-by, but uh, there's a service station just up the road. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, yeah, we, we think you should stop off there just to just so we can close off the case now that we realize you're not suspects. And I was like, oh, cool. And then we drive off. We park in the service station. They park beside us. We walk into the service station. They're still there. And I was like, this isn't fucking ended, has it? But lo and behold, I relieved myself again. I came back out, and they were gone. But essentially, it got me thinking that, you know, it's have, no matter how much of a clean slate we can hope to have where we move places or, like, make changes in our lives, the tightrope that is life means that we can piss, all our, piss it all away at any, at any moment, piss all the good things about our life away at any moment. But at the same time, people need to piss. And after the year we've had where everything is fucked up, 
You can allow yourself to be a bit fucked up for a few months afterwards. And like, you know, before there was police stations, people pissed everywhere. So like, fuck you, Leeds Metropolitan Police. Good night. Vance! Thank you so much. Jesse Vance. True Stories Live is a story show and story finding project brought to you by LJ Hope Productions, Norwich Arts Centre and me, Molly Naylor. For more information about all of the work that we do, head to our website, truestorieslive.co.uk. We're super grateful to be supported by Arts Council England, Norfolk County Council and Writer Centre Norwich.